Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. Happy Veterans Day. Today's topic is digital CX in consumer utilities. If you are listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. You can email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And with that, I'd like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. And thank you to all of our veterans for their service to our country. Today, we will talk about how AI can contribute to good and bad experiences for customers in general, and we'll also delve into a specific industry sector and talk about the importance and impact of customer experience and CX technology in the utilities industry. That industry is huge in terms of number of entities, employees, infrastructure, and importance to all of our lives. None of us wants to do without electricity, running water, etc., unless we're backpacking with the Scouts in the Sierras or hiking in the Appalachians. The quality of customer service provided by utilities is so important to customers and also has an impact on Public Utilities Commission interactions as well. So we've invited two experienced professionals to talk with us about this important sector, Kerry Cusimano and Sarah Simon of Verizon. How are both of you today? Doing well. Doing Thank well. You, Thank you, Bruce. Okay, great to have you with us. So by way of uh, introduction for our audience, uh, Kerry Cusimano is a seasoned customer experience and design thinking professional in Verizon Enterprise Solution. He works with Verizon's largest enterprise clients to design and implement their CX strategies. He's a certified customer experience professional and a 2016 winner of the Customer Experience Professional Association's CX Impact Award. He's also a certified Lean Six Sigma Black Belt. And Sarah is a business development manager for Verizon Business Group with a focus on design of personalized voice and digital customer experience journeys. She created and took to market the industry's first and only academically validated CX maturity model, and she's a certified customer experience professional and has served more than five years on their exclusive CX experts panel. Sarah has a deep background in both qualitative and quantitative research methods using customer intelligence and CX metrics to design smart, effective enterprise CX solutions. She's also an avid outdoors person and uh, spends uh, roughly a couple weeks a year uh, with the, on the Appalachian Trail, and she's also climbed all of the Colorado 14er mountains. So she is uh, very accomplished in that area as well. So we're really delighted to have both of you with us. But let's get into, uh, first of all, how you guys got into the CX area. Uh, Kerry, can we start with you? Sure, Bruce. Uh, As you mentioned, you know, I I had been a Lean Six six Sigma black belt. And, uh, again, I I got into that field because I'm interested in solving problems. And uh, those of us who are familiar with Lean Six Sigma know know that there's five phases to it, the first one being the defined phase, where you're trying to just frame the problem. And in that, uh, there's an element of the voice of the customer and understanding why this, this particular process might impact customers. Well, what I found was often that uh, voice of the customer aspect of a Lean Six Sigma project 
was a slide that got put into the defined toll gate and then promptly got shoved in a drawer and forgotten about. So I really embraced this notion of voice of the customer to really truly understand why we were doing these projects in the first place. And of course, voice of the customer led me down this journey, a customer journey as it were, toward really uh, embracing the full breadth of customer experience. You know, it's interesting how one thing leads to another in our sector, and uh, the, but the thing is that it all focuses on and revolves around the customer experience. It's always the customer. So that's great, Gary. Thanks very much for uh, sharing that with us. And Sarah, what about you? Well, Bruce, I took what I think is one of the kind of more common roads into CX. I started my career in market research, voice of the customer analytics, CX metrics, and nowadays I am at Verizon helping our uh, enterprise customers to build integrated voice and digital customer experiences. And to do that, we leverage uh, design thinking principles, human-centered design thinking principles to build those custom solutions. That's great. Yeah, really, really uh, exploding field and very, very interesting these days. So, Carrie, how can AI contribute to good and bad experiences for customers? Just a little bit of an overview there. Sure. Sure. Well, on the good side, I think one thing that AI does is it's, it, it begins by respecting customers' time. I have a phrase that, uh, that customers are kind of like electricity. They'll always seek the path of least resistance. And part of that, you know, that, that, that search is, again, how can I accomplish my task uh, the most quickly as possible and get on with, with, uh, with the rest of my life here. And so AI really uh, enables or empowers, I should say, customers to, to perform transactions on their own. And as AI develops, it, you know, it can actually begin to anticipate what those customer needs are. Right. Okay. And uh, what about you, uh, Sarah? What are your thoughts on that? You know, and uh, Carrie and I uh, talked about uh, uh, before, you know, a good AI and, and bad AI, you know, what can go good, uh, what can go bad. Um, you can have um, AI can really accelerate a positive customer experience. It can make things faster. Uh, one of the, uh, uh, the worries, one of the concerns or whatever that Carrie and I share is that, you know, AI can't fix a broken support process or a poorly led team. So you've got to have uh, solid underlying procedures, um, un, you know, under, uh, underlying all of this. You can't just apply a great AI solution onto uh, bad processes. Okay. And uh, what, what, is there anything specific to utilities that you find from this so that, that is, is uh, sort of has an impact on this? You know, um, I'll say this for our utility listeners, Bruce. Um, we run into, Carrie and I and, and our colleagues, we've run into a lot of utility companies. They suffer a bit from a legacy monopoly approach to customer care, and I don't mean the board game. I mean uh, uh, the business, kind of this thinking of, you know, look, these customers are stuck with us, so we don't need to invest in customer experience. And while I think a lot of utilities are starting to emerge from that or have been emerging from that for the last few years, uh, they can still find themselves behind their customer experience colleagues in 
other industries when it comes to establishing good customer experience practices. And they can also find themselves kind of, you know, um, fighting against some of that legacy monopoly mindset. So I'll just remind the utilities listeners out there that, you know, if this is you, if, it, if what I just described is your utility, AI isn't going to fix that until you change your customer mindset. Mm, okay, great, great advice there. And actually, if I could just ask you to continue on with uh, focus on virtual agents and when they're useful, because that, I think, feeds into very well into what you were just talking about. You know, absolutely. So, you know, Bruce, first I'll mention here for some of the listeners, you know, virtual agents, some people call them support bots, but that just sounds really uh, impersonal um, to us. So we do refer um, to these these virtual agents or these, uh, you know, digital AI-based uh, uh, agents that, you know, we call them virtual agents. And I just ask folks to imagine a world, so if you're a contact center leader, um, imagine a world where your best agents can be freed up to do very human work, the kind of work that requires empathy and the right tone of voice, okay? So um, what's my balance or how do I put in a change of address? Maybe that can be done with a virtual agent, but, you know, I lost my job due to COVID and I need some, you know, some time to pay my next bill. That requires a, a human voice. So if we can liberate our human agents from redundant work of those balance inquiries, password resets, you know, change of address, this gives gives your best agents more time to add value to interactions that require a more emotionally sensitive touch that only a human can provide. Carrie, I know you had some ideas on this. Well, absolutely. And I think one of the, uh, one of the elements, Sarah, that we've talked about in the past is that, you know, those things that, uh, that are routine uh, transactions or tasks, those really lend themselves well to a virtual agent. Uh, the problem that I think you and I have seen uh, with, with some brands, though, is they've tended to, quote, unquote, push customers uh, toward automation when really yeah. a better response would have been to pull them, right? Uh, and what I mean by that is to dig through that voice of the customer, uh, whether you have that available in chat transcripts or emails or phone call recordings, to understand what customers are reaching out to you for in the first place and then find ways to automate those transactions because they didn't want to wait on, on hold anyway for a very simple transaction. There's another element, though, that, hmm. I think that I've seen. I want to tie this back to something you said earlier here with regards to empathy, Sarah, and that is there's an element, I think, uh, to this uh, in the utility space where you know, it can offer a little bit of, of, of uh, dignity uh, to to the caller, and, and and I say this from an experience that I had in the uh, call center of a of a large <clears throat> gas company in the Midwest, and the time frame was in was March March ish I guess, and people uh, were calling in. Uh, there was more than one where people were calling and saying, "Listen, I you know because I'm low income, I need you to turn my gas off. It's you know but the weather mm. seems to be warming up. I need you." And you know that's a difficult discussion to have with someone you don't know. Um, it's also yeah. a difficult discussion as the agent, right? So there's an element there where it can help uh, provide a little bit of dignity to the customer just by giving them a little bit of uh, somewhat privacy there. Yeah, you know, I think that it's 
It's important to uh, keep in mind that uh, really for a lot of people, not everyone who moves around a lot, but for a lot of people, the relationship with your utility is a long-term one, and it oftentimes goes back to your parents and grandparents if you stay in the same town. Mm-hmm. So, And, and uh, many times you don't know people there, but other times you do. And so it, it's uh, something that I think utilities do well to keep in mind that the human aspect of that is very important as they design their CX systems and their CX responses. Uh, I'll just tell yeah. you a very quick story. I was in uh, the Middle East in the Gulf area at a water utility and uh, noticed that the talk times in the evening shift were just much longer than during the day. And I said, well, you know, what's going on here? Is it because uh, they have so much tougher questions to answer in the evenings? And the manager smiled at me. He said, no. He said, you know, uh, we have uh, deep relationships with our people, and uh, we have some older people who are at home. They're lonely, and they call up, and they'll ask a question, and they just want to chat. And we tell our uh, agents that as long as, uh, you know, it's not causing someone else not to have their their call answered, it's okay. So so the the human connection there was extremely important. Right. Very good. Well, I mean, what if we look at the uh, non-customer-facing uh, digital uh, solutions, you know, knowledge assistance for agents? Uh, Carrie, what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, one of the things that comes to my mind there is is this whole uh, notion of uh, RPA, uh, you know, where, again, it's just, you know, pr- repeatable processes that are, that are automated behind the scenes, maybe even something like uh, order processing. Of course, back in the day, uh, those of us who've used uh, X Microsoft Excel, we used to call this a macro. <laughs> so, you know, we, <laughs> we go to, to these terms now that, uh, that, that make it sound more complicated. But really, it's just it's once you recognize the steps to completing a particular process, you can automate that. The problem comes back to something that Sarah said earlier, though. If the process itself is broken, you're just going to get bad data faster. So, you know, the yeah. first step before you implement RPA is to is to uh, make sure your process is working effectively. Amen. Amen. Okay, and Sarah, what are your thoughts on that as well? You know, with these with the um, non-customer facing digital solutions, right? When Carrie and I are uh, talking to a an enterprise client about um, digital CX, of course, initially they think about you know that that what the what the consumer, you know, the utility customer experiences. But then we have to say, hey, there are ways that we can help to uh, prepare your agents to provide a better experience to customers, but also provide a better experience for the agent. And Bruce, I'll share with you an example, a company that I worked with, we discovered through just some real basic employee research that their employees were suffering, I'll call it kind of agent low self-esteem because they didn't have the answers to certain questions that customers were asking. So what we did is by setting up this knowledge assist, this AI available knowledge base that uses natural language searching, when the agent took a call and they didn't have the answer, they were able to confidently say, hey, give me a moment. Let me see if I can get you the answer to that type in a natural language search that would pull up a knowledge base with some responses. And it made these agents feel, you know, stronger. It made them feel better at their jobs. And 
more confident when it came to handling customer solutions. So it was a win-win. You have happier agents. You have customers that are getting answers to their questions quickly. Yeah, no, it's so important. We see that time and again that really agents just want to have the tools so they can do a really good job. They really want to do that yeah. good job, uh, but they need to have the tools to do that. Yeah, so and, and what about uh, choosing channels? Uh, when is AI the right choice and when is AI not the best choice? Uh, Carrie, could you say something on that? Sure, I'll take that one. Uh, you know, I think in general, whenever you're, you're uh, offering the the you know, customer or empowering the customer to, to manage a transaction on their terms, it's always good. Uh, but again, the, the, the caveat is it's got to be done for the right reason. Uh, you heard me mention earlier about, you know, we've tended in the past to push customers toward those digital channels. Uh, it was often done the, uh, under the, the premise of, listen, I can deflect calls and therefore, you know, again, I can, I can manage those transactions more cheaply. The problem though is, is, Sometimes you didn't really capture uh, those types of transactions that customers were most interested in, and it became more of a frustrating experience for them. It can also be bad um, when you know you 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 set up say a a, a chat bot that tends to follow uh, the metaphor of an IVR. In other words, you know you know press press one for this or choose this, and have them follow a tree when you have uh, technologies that will enable you. Or, or empower the customer once again to go directly to the to the uh, to the task they're looking for. Yeah, Carrie, you know, talking about some of those, um, you know, the right times to do AI, the wrong times to use AI. A good right time to use AI in a utility contact center is, you know, you and I both have observed. Uh, utility-oriented contact centers where the customer will sit on hold for seven or eight minutes mm -hmm. to have an inquiry taken care of that takes a minute and a half. And, you know, just let me tell you all out there, if you're listening, your customers, your customers see this. They're not stupid. They, they know. They even hang up the phone and go, that was stupid. I just stayed. I sat on hold for eight minutes for something that took a minute and a half. So mm -hmm. what if... For instance, if your customer wants to just join your uh, monthly equal payment plan, right, they say, hey, it's easier on me if I can just, you know, spread out my anticipated billing over uh, 12 months. You know, AI can help you make that a short, quick solution, and the customer doesn't have to sit on hold waiting for a human agent unless they want to, but they don't have to sit on hold and wait for a human agent to process that. You can use AI to give, you know, immediate contact. They immediately start resolving their question. And by the end of a short AI interaction with no hold wait time for an agent, that customer was able to sign up for that you know, for that 12-month uh, payment plan, you know, don't make a customer sit and wait for eight minutes for something that can just take a couple minutes uh, with the help of, of yeah, AI. Absolutely. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, great, great, uh, great thought there. I mean, very, very important. Well, in the case of uh, human escalations, though, how do you ensure uh, an optimal path to human escalation? Sarah, how does that fit in with what you're talking about? Oh, wow. You know, Bruce, I'm going to start by saying this. 
we've got to start by always making the path to human escalation easy to achieve and clear. Um, I know some contact centers get kind of excited, you know, oh, boy, we can now we can have all of these things handled by AI, and you've got to say, well, wait, we need to give everyone, even people who simply don't want to deal with a quote-unquote support bot, we've got to start this system with the assumption that we are going to make it's easy to get to a human if they need or if they simply prefer. Because I'll tell you this, and, and you know, we, Carrie knows it, Bruce, you know it. Mm-hmm. Customers can tell when you're hiding human contact information, right? The classic example is the web page where you can't find a phone number, so people actually Google, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how do I call yeah. my utilities uh, contact center? You know, your customers aren't dumb. They know when that's happening. So make sure that they're able to get through to a live human chat or to a telephone agent so they don't feel like they're being, you know, duped. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a great and, and, uh, and Sarah, point there, too. Right, and Sarah, yeah, if, I, ahead, if I could follow that, I mean, you know, uh, if, you're, if you let the customer drive the journey, you're always going to win because they're making the choices about whether they want to go down that, that path of, of AI or not. And in fact, you know, I'll give you an example. This, this probably happened to all, to all of us. You know, when you get into maybe it's a you know AI supported IVR, and and you're trying to say I want an agent. Okay, well, it gets very frustrating if you know that there's a delay after that. I mean, there the customer is clearly saying, get me to an agent. And I even had one yeah. tell me, it sounds to me like you're asking for an agent. But if you let me ask a few more questions. <laughs> I might be able to solve it, and that's infuriating, isn't it? And so, that's horrible. And so, what happens with with uh, you know the, the, these these tools is, is, particularly now that you have the natural language processing, um, it, it we're, the, the the bot it, it should be able to recognize when that customer is becoming frustrated, whether it, uh, it is ask it's answering the customer's inquiry or not. And should shouldn't even make the customer have to ask. Should be able to recognize through its through its algorithms that I need to get this into the hands of a human being right now, so we can get this this person uh, past their transaction and on with their lives. Yeah. Right, right. They shouldn't have to be jabbing at the zero button so much that their uh, their finger <laughs> nails uh, go away. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And what about leveraging AI for communications uh, throughout the customer journey? In other words, having a sort of a planned and comprehensive approach to this. Uh, Carrie, what are your thoughts on that? Well, well of course, I, you know, I'm all for that, but I wouldn't limit it uh, only to the communications. Uh, I would also look through uh, transactions that the customer may not actually have, have been involved with, things uh, behind the scenes, such as you know your provisioning systems or your billing systems. Uh, you know whether you uh, have had service outages in the case of a of a utility. Uh, things that will give a a greater insight into why that that customer may be trying to to reach out to you. Uh, and what the the beauty of this is, you can start to piece together um, all of those elements and recreate the actual individual customer journey that led up to that phone call. Uh, and it becomes a very powerful way to find those root causes, which again, going back to the Lean Six, Six Sigma mindset, 
if you eliminate those those root causes of problems, then those frustrations never arise in the first place. The customer's happy, and you never got that phone call. That's it, Terry. It, you know, it's not. You know, we want to avoid uh, maybe over communication, but to be certain, once you've walk through that utility customer journey and you understand where it is that it would make sense to the customer where the, the, to be communicated to, where it is that the customer expects to be communicated to, then you can use AI to provide very timely, proactive, automated updates that aren't taking any of your staff offline, you know, and that gives customers this confidence that you and your company are on top of things. It also gives them this sense of kind of relief. Okay, I don't have to sit and worry about that because my utility company has this covered for me. And I'll give an example that maybe a few of us can relate to. Maybe I need to shut off my residential gas service for a few months because wouldn't this be nice? I'm taking an extended, an extended vacation, a leave of absence. So it's great at the beginning, of course, to send me a text saying, hey, you know, Sarah, we've received your order and your gas will be shut off at this requested date. But, hey, why not take this a step farther using AI? You can, you know, think forward a few weeks. And you can facilitate then sending me a note maybe a few days before I get back from vacation and saying, you know, hey, Sarah, we are scheduled to turn your gas back on the very 1st of September. Is this still the case? You know, press 1 to confirm. Press 2 if you need to change any arrangements. And right there, you gave me the confidence as a customer of your utility that you've got this. You're confirming everything. And, oh, by the way, if there is anything that needs to change, I can do that right there from my phone. And you've taken that stress off my shoulders of, okay, you know, five days left for my long vacation. Now, do I need to do anything? Do I need to worry about my utility? No, I don't. They've got it taken care of for me. Mm, yeah, that kind of great customer service is not going to result in complaints to the Public Utilities Commission, that's for sure. That is <laughs> it. Right. Dan, Bruce, you probably just saved a call to your contact center of me saying, hey, I'm going to be home in five days. I want to make sure yes. my gas is going to be working done, right? So so the nice thing there is you've done two things. You have increased quality and you've uh, decreased costs, right, because it's yeah. going to eliminate that other call. And in addition, it's going to enhance their reputation and uh, build the relationship with the customer, which is always an important thing. So that's great. That's well, true. In terms of, um, you know, something a CX Pro could use, uh, put to practical use that you'd like to leave with them, because we're getting toward the end of our time here together. Um, Sarah, would you like to lead with that? You know, I, I will. I, I love, uh, I, you know, leaving some last thoughts, especially for our utilities companies, and it's this. Even if your utility still has that kind of, you know, monopoly mindset, I've got to tell you, customers today, they expect the companies that they do business with are going to provide that smart, customized customer experience through multiple support channels. So, you know, in this situation, using AI self-service or an AI agent, it's just one more option for your busy customers to leverage. Um, they expect that that channel is going to be thoroughly integrated with your other support channels. So whether they call you 
text you, um, use a support agent within, their, within your app, whatever it is that they do, they expect that those are going to be integrated, that you're going to know who they are and what it is that they're trying to achieve, even if they hop channels. So even if you're a utility, even if you still have that, hey, our customers can't go anywhere else mentality, you know, that doesn't give you a pass on providing an excellent customer experience. Well, and, and I'll follow that too, Sarah, because you mentioned that, that mentality of, uh, of being the monopoly. Um, you know, the, the thing is, you still have to care about the customer experience because the reality is here, uh, with all this discussion about customer experiences, that does weigh into every rate case that a utility brings before the Public Utility Commission. As well, yes. and Bruce, you mentioned this, the complaints that, that, that are issued there. So, you know, the, the, uh, and there's uh, been studies of, uh, that show there is a direct correlation between a higher customer satisfaction, fewer complaints, and your ability to get a, a bigger portion of your rate case request. Now, as far as another practical take home here, you know, what I would do in evaluating self-service is I'd use a three-step uh, process to determine how do I want to deploy that. First and foremost, again, the, where, my, where my heart really is, is start with voice of the customer. Understand why mm -hmm. your customers are trying to reach you, how they want to do business with you. Second, make use of natural language. Do away with that uh, IVR metaphor and let people talk in plain English and get them straight to their answer. Then finally, you know, Sarah and I both really uh, uh, felt strongly about have a direct path to human escalation uh, to minimize any frustration that could come up along that journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great, great answers there. Great, uh, great inputs. Uh, thank you for sharing those. And Alan, I think we have time for one question because we've uh, really filled up this half hour very quickly. Um, do you have a question for us there from a uh, uh, listener? Yes, we do. We have one from Corey and his question is, we are definitely behind in our CX initiatives. How do you suggest we get started? Well, I bet a lot of uh, managers of, of uh, utilities are saying the same thing. Well, Terry, I've got go some first, initial then? thoughts sure. on this. Yeah, and then I'd love to hear what you have to say. So for Corey, I'll say um, think of it this way. Maybe you now have a slight advantage because many utilities are playing catch-up, so you have the benefit of getting to kind of – follow the footsteps of those industries that have gone before you. So, you know, I, I know people cringe now with the word best practices, but here's the good thing. When it comes to setting up digital customer experience um, solutions, some industries, you know, banking, travel, and leisure, a lot of these companies have already gone before you. So just because their solutions aren't utility-specific doesn't mean that you can't leverage the lessons that they've learned and the solutions that they've already put in place to, to uh, you know, go ahead and kind of skip some of the groundwork, if you will, and uh, get some AI-driven digital CX out there for your customers. Gary, what do you say? Well, I, I would agree with you. I think that you mentioned, you know, that he may actually have a, a, a step forward here. And the, the very fact that, uh, that he recognizes his, his particular company uh, has this, this gap uh, is, is, is that step. And, 
recognition that some, you know, many of, of these utilities have upgraded their physical plant for their for their core business. Maybe haven't upgraded the their uh, communications plant or the, you know, the the infrastructure by uh. which they can better serve their customers. So, you know, again, I you know evaluate you know how old is the technology they're using? Uh, does it even support uh, an integration with AI? And you know, if 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 not, you know, maybe it's time to you know again look through how to how to use the the money capture in those rate cases to look at call center and customer support improvements. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is this is great. Great answers, and I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there because we've got to come to the end of our time. But uh, our great thanks to Kerry Cusumano and Sarah Simon for a really informative, uh, information-rich call talk. So thank you so much for being with us. It was thank great you, to be with Bruce. you, Bruce. Thank you. Okay. And with that, we'll hand things over to Alan uh, Potcotter to wrap things up. Thanks again. Yes, thanks again to Carrie and Sarah and Bruce for your insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows on Hot Topic at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over 11 seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockwater signing out. Have a great day.